You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. The Masachet, the tractate of Shabbat, has 24 chapters. We're now exactly halfway through. We're at the beginning of chapter 12. And it's very interesting, and I've mentioned this before, but I can't stop myself saying this once more just for the last time. As we reach the halfway point, we finish a discussion of carrying. The first half of the tractate, the first half of the Masachet, is almost entirely focused on carrying from one domain to the other. And this is indeed the last of the um, acts of creation, the Avmulachot, the archetypal um, the archetypal acts of work on Shabbat, which are mentioned in the list of 39 in Mishnah um, chapter 7, Mishnah 3. So it's as if we start on the last and the most obscure act of creation. We devote the first half of the Masachet to that act. And now, as we enter the second half of the Masachet, beginning with chapter 12, we're going to run through various other acts of creation, but much more rapidly, much more rapidly. And we'll see that we stop on those acts of creation which are particularly dear to the rabbis, particularly dear to Chazal. So let's see how we go today as we go through the first three Mishnayot, and you'll see where the rabbis like to stop. They begin, of course, with building. Whether this is significant, I, I don't know. This is certainly not the first one in the list of of Malachot, of archetypal activities that are listed in the seventh chapter. The seventh chapter starts with sewing through to baking, then with shearing through to making, uh, uh, making, um, to sewing, sewing clothes, hunting through to writing, and then building through to carrying. So that's the order in which the, the, the archetypal acts of creation are given in chapter seven. But we're going to attack them, we're going to approach them in a different way, and we're going to begin with building. How much do we have to build to be worthy of bringing a sin offering? And the answer is, any amount, any amount of building makes one liable for a sin offering on Shabbat. Someone who, who, who chisels, someone who hits with a hammer, hamakeba patish, although makeba patish is itself an avmalacha. I, I think here it refers to building, but in the list of the 39, it's an avmalacha all on its own, quite separate from building. Someone who hits with a hammer, uvamat sad with an axe. Someone who bores, who bores a hole any amount, chayav. The principle is, whoever does work and his work endures on Shabbat is liable. That means perhaps endure doesn't need finishing on Shabbat or endures through the Shabbat. Not sure, but his work endures, chayav chatat. He's liable for a sin offering. And Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel says, by the way, the halakha does not follow Rabban Shimon Gamliel, ben Gamliel. That's very interesting. But let's, let's hear what he has to say. Af, af, 
Even someone who strikes with a sledgehammer on the anvil. So this is someone who's not carrying out work on, on the object he's working on. He's smashing his sledgehammer on the anvil. Maybe he's been beating out a bowl or a cup or a sword or something. And then every so often he smashes the sledgehammer on the anvil in order to, to keep the sledgehammer smooth. So workmen do this to keep the sledgehammer nice and nice and straight and smooth. And they do this pretty much when they finished a job, right? So it's ready for the next time. And so we're not we're not building for the purpose of building. We're building just from the purpose of tuning the tuning the tool, really. And Rabban Shimon Ben Gamliel says, "Af hamakibakusan alasad." Even someone who slight strikes the sledgehammer on the anvil at the end of his work is liable. Shehu ki mataken He's someone who's improving his work. He's actually improving his tool there. And the halacha doesn't go according to him. So that's building. But the Mishnah is going to move very fast, right? We're going to see in a minute where the rabbis are interested. We're going to move very quickly off building. Someone who plows any amount. Someone who prunes, who cuts off young shoots, no matter what amount, is liable. Someone who gathers wood. This is the classic act of of um, the classic act uh, of work on Shabbat, which is mentioned in Shmot in the parsha of Bishalach. Someone, I think it's in Bishalach. Someone goes out and collects wood on Shabbat. Someone who gathers, uh, maybe not in Bishalach. We'll, we'll come back to that. Someone who gathers wood. If we're going to improve the land, ah, so what are we doing here? Is this a derivative of ploughing? Are we gathering sticks in order to make the ploughed field straight? Well, in that case, the amount is kolshu, we've said. Hachoresh kolshu. Someone who ploughs, well, he's liable for any amount. What if he needs it for fuel? What if he needs to burn it? And we've seen this quantity before, by the way. Remember when we learned about the reed, which could be carried out on Shabbat. And we learned that the minimal quantity of a reed for carrying was something that could make a pen. But if it <coughs> wasn't the right quality to make a pen, we measure the minimal quantity, the critical quantity, as the quantity that was would be used if we made a little fire and cooked a lightly boiled egg. That was the minimal quantity for carrying on Shabbat. And we're going to use the same measure now. Iml hasek, if he's if he's collected wood to to burn with, enough to boil a light egg, or maybe a lightly boiled egg. And he who collects grasses, uh, same principle. If it's to improve the field, any amount, because ploughing is any amount. But if it's to feed an animal, and this again is exactly the same measure that we saw when we looked at the minimal quantity for carrying on Shabbat. So the quantity for collecting is the same as the quantity for carrying. So here's plowing. But let's move on. Because now we come to the beginning of four Mishnayot. And we'll only learn one of these today. But there are now four Mishnayot devoted to writing. Hakotev 
Hakotev shtei otiot. Bain be mino, bain be smaller. Someone who writes two letters, whether it's with his right hand or his left hand. Interesting, isn't that? Because a lot of people, if you go and you look at a from person signing on Cholamoed, uh, and they'll sign with their left hand. So, uh, signing with the left hand is is not an, the halacha doesn't consider this an av malacha. The Mishnah seems to be talking about someone who's ambidextrous, or maybe one person who's right-handed and one person who's left-handed. I.e., if you write with a, a hand you're used to writing with, your chayav. Whether the same name, Bain Mishem Echad, whether with one name, Bain Mishnei Shemot, with one name or with two names. What are these names here? The Bartanura actually comes and helps us. I, I brought the Bartanura on the spreadsheet. Bain Bashem Echad, the same name. He says, both of them are Alephs. Shtehen Alafin. In other words, when the Mishnah is talking about the names here, it seems to be talking about the names of the letters. Whether he writes two Alephs or whether he writes an Aleph and a Bet, he's still liable. Bain, Mishnah, Samanyot, whether he writes with two pigments or one pigment, Bacholashon, whatever language he writes in, Chayav. Two letters seems to be the critical quantity for being obligated to bring a sin offering on Shabbat. Why are two letters? Well, Rabbi Hertzfeld explained when we looked at these two letters a few weeks ago, two letters make a word. I mean, the word Shem, for example, may be interesting. Maybe that's why the Mishnah is thinking about the name Shem, because, of course, that's a lovely word which you can build out of just two letters. If you've got two letters, you've got a word. If you have one letter, you don't really have a word. I can't Think of a Hebrew word with only one letter. But Rabbi Yossi has another explanation as to why two is important. And for Rabbi Yossi, the act of writing is just a derivative of the act of marking, of making a mark, making an illiterate's mark. And according to the Rambam, the Halakha doesn't follow Rabbi Yossi, but let's just follow his thinking for a minute. Then Rabbi Yossi is going to go back to the construction of the Mishkan. And they used to mark on the boards of the Mishkan marks to see, to show which one went next to the other one. And of course, when you made two marks, you could demonstrate the togetherness of two boards. So for Rabbi Yossi is going to connect this act of writing to the building of the Mishkan. And he says, They only made one liable for two letters because of making a mark. You see, the key, the act of creation is just making a mark. Thus, they would write on the boards of the tabernacle to know which its companion was. And then Rabbi Yudah, the halakha doesn't go according to Rabbi Yossi. And Rabbi Yudah points out just how important a short two-letter word is. Because we can make abbreviations, right? Amar. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, this, this is Rabbi Yudai in the translation, but it's Rebbe in the text. We might need to check the manuscript after the Shia. Matsinu Shem Katan Mishem Gadol. You know, you could make a small name out of a big one. Shem from Shimon or from Shmuel. Noach from Nahor. Dan from Daniel. Gad from Gadiel. There is something really powerful about being able to write two letters. 
The pen is mightier than the sword. And it's very interesting, the whole of the rest of this Perak of Mishnah is going to be devoted to writing. Because the rabbis know that the act of writing is the most powerful act of creation that we can possibly carry out. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Benedict.